0: That was Ben, Dandelion, Quaker. I think it's the first Quaker we have had on Phil, right? Uh, Actually, uh, person speaking about. You know, it's uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, and uh, we we have a uh, a friend, a mutual friend, uh, Jim Handlin, and he was the headmaster of uh, um, Friends School in Brooklyn, New York, which Mm. is a Quaker school. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, He. He studied to be a priest at one time. I don't know if he ever became a Quaker. And I know kids from, you know, I know a lot of Jewish kids uh, that went to Quaker school. Mm -hmm. So it seems like there's no, uh, I I mean, they're open to everything. There doesn't seem to be any strict uh, 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 code of conduct or a scripture that they adhere to. They're open to everyone. And, and, um, you know, it's about personal experience. Is am I right with that? I mean, is that as far story? as
1: I know, but I, I like you, I do remember. Well, I mentioned it, I remember learning about friends' schools at some point in my life, um, probably the 60s, <laughs> and and uh, discovering there were these private schools all over the place, especially around Pennsylvania, um, that were uh, Quaker schools, and a lot of progressive parents uh, sent their kids there whether they were Quakers or not because apparently the education was was very good, the attitude toward uh, religion was was very open and uh, uh, non-exclusive or non-judgmental or dogmatic Mm -hmm. And, uh, and especially back in those days when I first heard about them there was this incredible peace ethic at a time when you know the vietnam war was raging so they must have from what i i don't know enough to answer your question really but i just they must have a very good reputation or at least they used to yeah. for quality education no
0: no I, I know uh i'm familiar with uh friend school in brooklyn and also the one in philadelphia and they're top-notch schools where you know people that want to send their kids to the best private schools uh those those schools are always on on the uh on the list. And, and, you know, I I asked them about why there weren't more Quakers, because back in the day, like in the 60s, when there was a lot of uh, pacifists and people uh, that were focused on peace, uh, there were other religions, like, say, the Baha'i, and uh, who had, um, I don't know if they considered themselves all pacifists, but they had, I I thought, a similar message. And I remember Mm. Crofts and Seal, the singing group, coming and performing at my college, and then they were recruiting people, they proselytized a little bit more. But I never remember any Quakers proselytizing. I guess the most they no. had to do is invite you to come to a meeting. And I, Have you ever been to a Quaker meeting?
1: Yes, I have. But what was I, it like? It was, I, well, first I wanted to just say that it, I, I, I would think that proselytizing is just not something they would do. Mm-hmm. But they, that doesn't mean they're entirely... Um, uh, you know sort of off off the radar you know when it comes to peace activism and social justice issues they're often in the forefront they you know and and that is all to their credit you know um but um, i I've been to a couple of uh, a friends meetings <laughs> um, the ones I went to were of the sort Ben was describing where, you know, people sit and if somebody is moved, presumably by the spirit of, of God or, uh, however they perceive it, uh, they, they stand, they speak up, they say mm-hmm. what, what came through them or to them. And, um, as somebody who has, you know, been in group meditations for, you know, more than 40 years um, I found it very refreshing to go to a what was you know called a church it was essentially a meeting hall um, yeah. and and you know it was just a group meditation however I'm used to group meditations where people are quiet and they they sit and this was certainly like that until somebody decided to get up and speak <laughs> and, and and you know in a couple of instances it was very, very Beautiful and moving. In other instances, I, Frank, I w- I just felt annoyed. It was like, okay, shut up. I want to go back into silence now. And 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 you know, I know that's a bad reaction, and and people get support, but you know, sometimes people just uh, you know speak whatever comes through them, and it's you know, it. I guess if you're a true Quaker, you learn that that's a useful part of your. Spiritual experience, yeah, right, but I right. found fa- I found it a little difficult personally. Yeah. Well, he
0: it was interesting, uh, Ben. When asked, you asked him where the name Quaker came from. Yeah. He talked about uh, one of the founders of Quakerism uh, shaking before the or the judge saying he was shaking before him or whatever. But I've also read, and I just looked it up on Google, and it's there. There's also stories that the word Quaker came from people sitting in these meetings yeah. and being so moved they started to 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 shake there was also yeah. a group called the shakers that's uh, right that they went uh, sort of extinct because i think part of their uh their their rules was everybody be celibate so eventually they, they lasted one generation i, I mean I, I actually think that's true and uh, but the quakers there was something Hello? about them moving as well
1: yeah i you better repeat your last sentence because i couldn't hear it and maybe the, it won't be recorded okay so, so i'll to repeat that uh there was
0: um, I've looked it up, and there were those that have reported that uh, the name Quaker, uh, some believe, also came from the fact that some people, while they were uh, sitting uh, silently in a Quaker meeting, started to actually shake. And, yes. Uh, and and I, I, I uh, there were there was a group called the Shakers. Uh, right. But that was another group, but very that, similar.
1: Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis uh, re- sang about that. Shake, rattle, and roll. No, a whole lot of shaking going, going on. on. Yeah. Uh, wait, oh no, wait. sorry, sorry. I couldn't <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I avoid like that. I also but,
0: yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: But I I think I read the same thing about the origins of the term Quaker, and we know about shakers in in the US. Um and you know, somebody steeped in uh yoga, uh um ideas would say uh, you know, these people were going deep inside, and and then there was a, a physiological response. You know, mm-hmm. perhaps some, uh, you could attribute it to kundalini, or to you know the release of of, uh, of past um, uh, what would be called uh, the vasanas or or sankalpa, uh, uh, not sankalpa, but um, um, there's other terms for it. But you know, this sort of release of past impressions, um, maybe, you know, would, uh, it could be attributed to something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think they go way inward. But well, one other thing I wa- wanted to, I just read, I read, uh, was, uh, well, first of all, there were a lot of well-known people, famous people that were Quakers, one of whom is Joan Baez. And for Joan Baez fans out there, mm. the reason she became a Quaker because her father, Albert Baez, uh, was uh, uh, was a was the co-inventor of the X-ray microscope, and I'm reading this a well-known physicist. He refused to work on the atomic bomb project in Los Alamos, and also turned down lucrative job offers from defense contractors during the Cold War, which probably led to Joan Baez being such a social activist.
1: Mm-hmm interesting yeah and of course you know we all remember well we don't all remember but if you're our age you remember her as uh, from the peace movement uh, in the 60s and I, I didn't know that about her but there were you know she would have been joining hands with a lot of other uh, quaker mm-hmm. activists at that time mm-hmm. and it's a you know it's a beautiful tradition of um resisting war and a lot of conscientious objectors um were Quakers, you know, and it was considered by the government if you were a bona fide Quaker and could demonstrate that um, that was considered a legitimate religious objection uh, to war. And so, people who uh, there were people back in the '60s, uh, you know, who were pretending to be Quakers or trying to convert, you know, be prove themselves Quakers who weren't—they just wanted to get out of the draft, but. Uh, Quakers were recognized as sincere in their opposition to war, and many became. In fact, isn't there a movie out now about, about a conscientious objector at, uh, during World, probably World War II, who was a Quaker and went into combat but refused to pick up arms, but was a medic?
0: Oh yeah, it's called. Um, yes, it is out now, and nope. uh, Mel Gibson it, directed. Yeah, it. it's. Ha- Hacksaw, the word hacksaw is right. in the title. Hacksaw Ridge. I hacksaw think. Ridge, and I haven't seen it, but I, I heard have, it's fabulous. And it's yeah. about a guy that goes in as a as a doctor and uh, risks his life and in, in, in saving people. But you know, the the question, and we he brought it up today, and and answered it by saying it's a very difficult question to answer. And I don't know how I would react, but you know, if you're in Europe during in the in the 40s, and the Germans, the Nazis are overrunning everyone. How do you deal with that in a passive way? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is there a time, and would even a pacifist sometimes feel no. it appropriate to act uh, uh, right. militarily? I, and, and again, you know, I thought it was a good answer he gave. <clears throat> he doesn't particularly know for sure how he would react.
1: Well, the same questions were asked of uh, Gandhi and Martin right. Luther King as well. You know, they were coming at nonviolence from a different traditions, but um, still, this, the, you know, the question arises: uh, you know, what would you actually do? And that's a that's a tough one because no one really knows until it it arises. Well, <laughs> it's been very
0: interesting stuff, and I, I yeah, think, uh, you know, I think it. It's a a group uh, that's worth, for people that have a spiritual interest, exploring uh, because you can go to one of their meetings and I don't think it's like some other groups where they're going to follow you around and uh, (laughs) beg you to join, but they'll just be respectful. And and I'm sure for some people that don't want to become a Quaker, that just want to go somewhere and have uh, an experience of being with a group and going inward and maybe hearing some people give testimony of, of their experience. I I think it would be very nice Uh, again. I have never heard of a person going to a Quaker meeting and going away and going that was outrageous. You know,
1: no, of course not. But the other thing is, and I know people uh, who are like longtime yogis and meditators and um, Buddhist practitioners who. Uh, find their way to Quaker uh, meetings in their area because of the community and the social justice um, activism that appeals mm-hmm. to them uh, and 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 so yeah, there is that now it's not i I, I would assume it's not uh, that social justice piece of it the, the activism is it probably varies from one place to another, but uh, that is part of their tradition. That's uh, very appealing.
0: Great. All right, Phil. Well, till next time. And for our listeners out there, uh, spiritmatterstalk.com, tell your friends about us. And, you know, uh, Phil, we should say we're giving out these shows for free at some, at some point we, uh, hopefully we can monetize our activities to, to keep us going forever. So, uh, Anybody with any ideas, let us know, and uh, we're open.
1: Yes, please, business-minded people, help us out. All right, over now. Okay, next time, Dennis.